I'm Monica Schmelter, and I'm so glad that you could join me for Bridges today. We're going to be studying in the book of Ephesians. And as we start out in the first chapter today, one of the words that really stood out to me in this chapter was chosen. And I know when I think about the word chosen, my initial response is a little bit of fear and trembling. I remember being in elementary school and middle school when it would come time to pick people to play on all the sports teams. And, you know, I was always chosen one of the last. Like my prayer, would, I never even thought I could be chosen first. It was just like, oh God, could I please not be picked last? Like that was just the most embarrassing. But with God, the word chosen is so different and can really change the dynamic of our life, the dynamic of our relationships, the way that we approach and relate to God and also with others. So I'm gonna start out here in Ephesians and understand that Ephesians is considered one of the prison epistles. Uh, Paul wrote this letter to the church at Ephesus, to the Ephesians while he was in prison. So think about that. And when we start out in chapter one, he identifies himself. So think of this like a letter. And I, I know we don't send letters much anymore, but he's saying, Paul, that he's an apostle by the, the will of God in Christ Jesus. And then he's saying that the letter is to the saints at Ephesus, to the faithful in the church. So we know that it's Paul, the apostle writing the letter. He identifies the letter this way. And then he tells us next that this is being written to the church in Ephesus, to the faithful followers of Christ. And he starts out with grace and peace to you. So it would be similar if I wrote a letter to you and it said from Monica Schmelter to whoever, and I start out with blessings to you or something like that. So I'm going to read from the English Standard Version, and I'm going to start with verse three here. And Paul says, blessed be the God of, our, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ. According to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace with which he has blessed us in the beloved. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things to him, things in heaven and things in earth. So that's Ephesians 1 verses 3 through 8 out of the English Standard Version. Now, everything that I just read to you, all of those wonderful, wonderful, wonderful things are deep theological truths. And let's remember that Paul is sitting in prison as he writes this letter because our temptation can be in life in a fallen world. Like, well, 
I don't really need deep theological truth. I just need to get my dishes done. Like, I just need enough money, right, for the car repair. I just need my kid to quit talking back. Like, I just need help for today. I don't need to be thinking about deep, profound truth. And yet Paul, while in prison, is imparting deep theological truths because that's exactly what we need in the midst of a fallen world and a broken day and in brokenness in our lives. We need to know that this world is not all there is. We need to understand that before the foundation of the earth, like before this whole ball got rolling, we were chosen by God before the foundation of the world. And that in his love for us, he predestined us to be his children. So predestined is one of those words that gets used. And I would think, I would say abused in this world. And people use it to say, well, God doesn't want everybody to be saved. Everybody's not chosen. But I want to share this truth with you from the Bible today. Truth number one is you are chosen. I am chosen. We are chosen by God. This is what his word teaches us. This deep, profound theological truth that Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, is imparting while in prison to the church at Ephesus is, look, guys, you are chosen. You are chosen and you were chosen before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless before God the Father. It was in his love that he predestined you. It wasn't in anger. It wasn't an afterthought. You all, we are chosen on purpose, intentional. Those are words we use in today's verbiage, intentional, on purpose. So intentionally and on purpose, God chose you and he chose me. And in the midst of laundry that needs to be done and broken broken dryers and flat tires, he chose us and he wants us to take time in the landscape of this fallen world to look up, to see his great glory and to be, have a heart filled with gratitude and thankfulness that we've been chosen for more than what we see. Yeah. We got to deal with the dishes, right? I can't repair my dryer, so when it breaks, I have to call the, you know, dryer company. And you know, and I know, that's going to be a great big bill, and it's going to take a long time, blah, blah, blah. But we need dry clothes. So, yes, we have to acknowledge this fallen world. We're called to be stewards. We're called to be responsible. But what happens, at least what happens in my life sometimes, is I forget that I've been chosen for good. I forget that I've been chosen to be holy and blameless. And instead, I don't feel chosen. I feel picked on. And I just feel like, well, I've got all of these things to do. And God, if you could just help me get through my list, if I could just check one more thing off and move to the next thing. And yet, in this dark place that Paul is, in prison, and you all, I don't know if you've ever been incarcerated or been in prison or had to visit someone there. I visit, I've not been incarcerated, but I have visited people in prison. My husband and I did prison ministry for several years. Hi everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. 
Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolf. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. You know, people will say, oh, prison, it's not that bad. And I just want to say this. You know, it might not be that bad these days, but it's not a great, comfortable place to be. Thank the Lord that Christian TV goes forth in prison, that people find Christ in prison, that Christian people go into prison ministry and offer Christ and offer the opportunity to mature and grow. But even with all of our technology and how many years have gone by since Paul was in prison, prison is not a beautiful, comfortable, lavish place today. And I mention that only because years and years ago when Paul was in prison, oh, prisoners didn't They didn't have rights. They didn't have advocates. I mean, Paul was in a dark place and in dire straits. And what was he doing? He is declaring under the inspiration of God to the people, to the church at Ephesus, guys, you are chosen and you're chosen for good. You're not being picked on. You were handpicked by a holy God who chose you to be holy and blameless. And this letter, while it spoke to the Ephesians, speaks to us today. We've been chosen to be holy and blameless. And for all of us who have been labeled, maybe no good, you're never going to amount to anything, you're too tall, you're too short, you weigh too much, you don't weigh enough, it's amazing the labels and the lies that we put on people. And until those labels and lies meet the truth, that lie, that label continues to affect us. So this truth that we look at today, you are chosen, changes everything. So you don't get picked first for the team. Well, goodness, I think we should be honest. That can hurt sometimes, right? It's not easy to be picked last or next to last. It's not easy to not be at the top of the class. It's not always easy not to be a part of the cool people, like whatever that is. Uh, You know, and I just tell people, look, I was just never cool, so I'm good with it, okay? I'm chosen by God. You're chosen by God to be holy and blameless. Your children, your grandchildren are chosen by God to be holy and blameless. This affects our prayer life. We can come to God with great confidence and with great boldness, knowing that he chose us before the foundation of the earth for all that's good, for all that's right, for all that is holy. The pointing fingers and the, well, I believe in this kind of predestination and I don't think everybody's intended to go to heaven. You know, this is what sin does. Sin brings us into the blame game. I mean, just look at Adam and Eve. I mean, we see right away that as soon as sin happens, that people blame, that we come at one another, that I say you're no good or you say I'm no good or we say I don't believe you're saved or I don't think you can be saved. You all, honestly, none of us really knows another person's heart. We can see their behavior 
and we can see, we can hear their words. And so we can look at the fruit of someone and know whether they're living for Christ or not. But ultimately, the salvation issue is going to be decided by the only one true righteous judge, Jesus Christ. And we'll see by the end of chapter 1 in Ephesians that all things have been been put under the authority and the jurisdiction of Jesus Christ. And we would do well not to put ourselves there. So yes, we can see the fruit of someone's actions. We can see their behavior. We know from the Bible what's right or wrong. But when it comes to matters of salvation, I'm going to leave that in the hands of our holy and righteous God because that's his place. That's not my place. I see in the word that his word says he wishes that none would perish, but that everyone would come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And I'm going to include that verse in the online extras for today because I think it helps us when we see those big words like predestination, chosen in him. When we see all of that, people want to argue and, and quibble. But my heart in doing this book study and in studying scripture in context is to begin to see that we can't just pick and choose this scripture and that scripture and say, hey, I'm right and you all are wrong. Let's look at the context of scripture. Let's look at the big picture that God is just, that God is merciful, that God is holy, that he says that he loves everyone, that he wants everyone to come to repentance. Now, does that mean that everyone is saved and will go to heaven? I don't think so, but I think that my job as a believer is to pray that people will come to repentance and at every open door in turn that I will share the love of Christ and that then people can make their own decision of what they want to do and God will handle that. And then we have to understand that the scripture says that we are chosen and that we are sealed. So I'm going to pick up again in Ephesians 1 and start in verse 11. It says, In him, meaning Jesus, we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the purpose, according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. In him, you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation and believed in him, you were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. Truth number two out of you are chosen is you are sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. Now, the scripture teaches us that the Holy Spirit is our guarantee of our inheritance in Christ. Inheritance means we have something to look forward to. Inheritance means this is not all there is. We are given the Holy Spirit the moment that we believe as a guarantee that seals us. Think of the scriptures that talk about how our names are engraved in the palm of his hand how the scripture says that we can never be plucked from our Father's hand. Now, I hear some of you saying at that, yeah, well, I, I don't think once saved, always saved is true. And I'm not going to argue that with you because I'm not going to convince you and you're probably not going to convince me. 
What I'm going to say is that what scripture teaches us is that if we are wholeheartedly serving the Lord, if we will draw nigh to him, that he will draw nigh to us. If we are living a lifestyle of obedience by faith in Jesus Christ, if we have asked for the forgiveness of our sins and we are walking in the newness of life, then we are saved. And it's not like we can be walking down the street one day and the devil take us out and take us to hell. Like that can't happen. Well, can you walk, can you renounce your faith? Can you walk away from it? Again, no need to argue any of that. We have a righteous, holy judge who can make all of those judgments and decisions. He's the only one capable of knowing where anyone is in their heart and whether they have a relationship with Christ or they don't. But I can say this on the authority of scripture. If we are serving Christ and if we are obeying him and if we are reading his word, and asking to be filled and refilled with the Holy Spirit, and we are loving what is good and hating what is evil, then we are saved, we are chosen, we are sealed with the Holy Spirit, and there is not a devil, there is not a demon, there is not a plan in this whole wide world that can take that from us. It's not like, you know, you walk down the stairs and you fall and you trip and oops, it's all over, right? It's not like that with our salvation. He didn't die on that cross and give his life and be buried and resurrected so that just one stupid thing that we did is gonna separate us from him. And again, I'm talking about people who are living a lifestyle in accordance with God's word and his will. We are not gonna just, oops, miss heaven. That doesn't happen. We have so much to look forward to. This scripture says that we have the Holy Spirit as our inheritance. We have heaven. We have an eternity with Christ. We look forward to the day that the light of Jesus Christ will light the place. Our names are written in the Lamb's book of life. There is nothing that can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. And it is because of this guarantee, because we are sealed, that Paul goes on with this Ephesians, this letter, in, and I'm reading from chapter one. We put the chapters in there. It's just a letter when Paul wrote it. And he gives this thanksgiving and prayer, and he gives these great theological truths to help us mature in our faith. And he says, for this reason, and this is Paul, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and your love toward all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his great might, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things 
under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills in all. Now, that prayer is powerful. And in another Bridges show, I will have a special guest teacher come with me and we are going to go through that prayer line by line and talk about the power in it and the power that's available to us as we pray it. And I want you to understand that as Paul is writing this letter to the church in Ephesus and as it speaks to us today, what he is saying whether you feel like you are in prison or in the darkest of circumstances, look up by faith and see the great inheritance to which you are called, to realize that you were chosen for more than the circumstances in which you presently might be facing, to realize that your children, your grandchildren, they are chosen, to realize that every person on planet earth has been chosen by God that salvation is available to all. I remind you of the scripture that Jesus says, whoever comes to me, I will in no wise cast out. This is not an issue of some get in and some can't get in. It is an issue of some don't want to get in. Some will reject the name of Christ. That's a thing. But anyone who wants in can be in. You are chosen for all that is holy and for all that is good. Prayer is powerful, and I'm going to include this uh, verse out of James 5:16 in the online extras because it talks about the power of prayer. And scripture is given to us to mature us so that the character of Christ can be formed in us. And this prayer that Paul prays is powerful. He prays things like that the, our, the heart, our hearts will be opened our spiritual eyes will be opened, that we will understand the hope to which we've been called, the great inheritance that is in front of us. So I say to you now, in the name of Jesus, whatever that discouragement is, whatever that depression is about, and look, we all face that. You know, some people act like nothing bad ever happens in their lives. You all, scripture says that Take heart, he's overcome the world, that in this world, we will endure trials and suffering. So chances are, everybody that's watching right now, myself included, we have at least one trial, if not several, subsequently going on that we can't think our way out of, that we've tried our way out of, that we're praying about and we're still enduring, right? But this prayer is saying, look to God the Father. Understand that you've been chosen. Understand that there's more than just this moment. So in this moment, you might be going through some depression, some tough tough stuff. But understand truth number three, that Jesus is over all. Now, this makes a tremendous difference. We are chosen by the one that is over all of creation, both now and in the world to come. So this means that whatever we're going through, it's temporary, right? This life is temporal. What we are about to receive will be eternal. It will never, ever, ever be taken away. Every power, 
every principality, everything that has tried to exalt itself against the great name of God and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, every foul thing that has come against us will at one point be put under subjection to the name of Jesus Christ. And we've been chosen by him. We've been chosen by the one who is over all. Do you realize how special that that makes you? Do we realize, because like Paul could have been sitting in that prison and said, you know, I've just been forgotten by God, I'm here. No, he continued to look up. He shares these profound truths because they have the power to set us free. The profound truths in the Bible have the power to change who we are, how we think, and how we live, and that whatever has come against us, and even our own stupid decisions, and let's be honest, even as believers, I mean, I know I've made some really stupid decision, even decisions as a believer in Christ, things that I wish I could take back, but I can't. But what I can do is put them under the blood of Jesus and decide to live from here. And that's what you can do as well. In today's climate and all the darkness that's everywhere, we can understand that Jesus is overall. He's at the right hand of the Father. And right now he's praying for you. And right now he's praying for me. He's interceding for us. He's delighting in our details. He's perfecting everything that concerns us. So even if the dryer is broken and even if you have problems on your job and all of those things, understand the one who is over all is praying for you. He chose you for all that is good and holy. He chose you to be blameless before the beginning of time. So our troubled times and the political divisions, the changing of seasons, like all the things that we see going on that create such angst. Now, I don't know if they create angst in you, but I can tell you quite a few times, I just have to turn the news off because it's just filled with angst and turmoil. And I'm just not sure who, if anybody's telling the truth, but I can turn to God's word and I can be filled with the truth. We can rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Paul writes this from prison. Ephesians is considered one of the prison officials. And later on in Ephesians, Peter, uh, Paul says, I don't want you to lose heart over what I'm suffering. And I think that that principle applies to us today. Don't lose heart over what you're suffering or what you see other Christians suffering. Don't lose heart. You are chosen. I am chosen. All who name the name of Christ are chosen. And the invitation to be chosen extends to everybody, to all of your family, to everybody on the face of this earth. And I know that that can make people uncomfortable because it sounds good until you look at someone who lives a lifestyle that you don't like or someone that's really hurt you and you think, well, you know, everybody's chosen but you. But God's not like that. The word says he's no respecter of persons. Jesus says whoever will come to him, he will in no wise cast out. So I encourage you, if you have not called on his name or you've been mocking his name or you're like really mad and you don't call out, to the name of Jesus and begin to read his word and just whatever it is, just be real honest about it and just say, God, if you're real, I need to know and he'll show himself to you. Today's truth based on the word of God is you are chosen. 
So in all of your trials and whatever suffering, perhaps sickness, perhaps diagnosis and all of that, and you think whatever it is, this is just the end and that there's nothing good anymore yet to come, I want you to remember that in Christ, we have a great inheritance. We are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken and that kingdom will last forever. So remember, as you go out throughout your day today, you are chosen. The content we feed our minds will eventually show up in our lives. If we feed our minds the lies and confusion of this world, our lives will begin to reflect worldliness. But if we feed our minds the truth of the gospel, our lives will start to reflect the heart and character of Jesus. I'm John Stonge, and each week I host the Dwell on These Things podcast, where we take a deep look at the Word of God and learn what it means to apply it to our lives. We don't skip difficult passages, and we don't gloss over the truth. If you're looking for a show that will put your mind in a better place and help you understand God's Word with more clarity, you can listen to the Dwell on These Things podcast at lifeaudio.com or on your favorite podcasting app.